This episode is brought to you in part by Practice Solutions. You need a biller that you can trust. A good biller is going to save you time, money, and most importantly, the stress of trying to do it all yourself. You can work with Jeremy Zug and his amazing team at Practice Solutions by going to practicesoul.com forward slash John. That's practicesoul, S-O-L, dot com forward slash John. Fill out the form, get in touch with them for a free consultation. They're going to do amazing things for you and your business, and I'm so excited to be partnering with them for this show. Also, stay tuned um, for the Get Seen Summit coming up October 19th in Philadelphia. There's still time to grab your ticket and come work with me there. We're going to teach you how to become your own digital marketing consultant and get get control of your digital marketing once and for all. It's going to be a great time. So again, go to GetSeenSummit.com to grab your ticket there while you still can. That's GetSeenSummit.com. All right, let's dive in. Today I'm coming to you live from, I always say live, but it's not live, previously recorded from Nashville, Tennessee, the beautiful, sunny, and ever-charming Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I've been here for uh, the last few days at uh, the Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind event. This is my own mastermind group that I'm a part of, and it's been wonderful. So um, today we are going to, uh, I'll catch you up a little bit on what's been going on in my world uh, some of the big takeaways from my uh, my weekend, and then we're going to answer some listener questions. All right, let's get into it. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I am on the road today, like I said, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. It's my first time here in Nashville, and so far, I think it's a wonderful place. I really enjoy it. It is um, it feels much farther south than where I live in Charlotte, and um, you can you can just feel it. You can feel the southernness uh, in in this place, and the food, and the people, and the accents. Um, people are like even more into their sports and their Tennessee Titans here, who won yesterday in a in a pretty wild ending against the Philadelphia Eagles. So. Um, it's been it's been neat to be here. So I'm part of a uh, a mastermind group of my own called Iron Sharpens Iron. It's a it's a, a mastermind community uh, of men from around the world, really businessmen of all kinds. And uh, we have two uh, in person meetups per year, and this weekend was one of them in Nashville, Tennessee, and it was it was really really incredible. It's really fun to be surrounded by guys who have been doing this for two or three times as long as I have and are doing it two or three times better. That's kind of the whole idea behind Iron Sharpens Iron and, and where the name came from. So uh, I have so many takeaways from this weekend that my mind is still spinning a little bit, to be honest. But um, it's, yeah, a big, well, one one takeaway, I'll just get right into it, is this idea of of getting clear on the vision of your business before you go one step further, before you go any further. This is something that um, I can't say I've necessarily done. And um, without a vision, basically you have no roadmap. Without a vision, you are just walking in the dark. And if you're leading a team, you're leading a team through the dark. 
So uh, this guy, Scott Beebe from Business on Purpose, talked a lot about finding your vision and getting clear on that and also identifying your mission, which is separate. So you guys might think about, um, you might think about uh, just doing some, uh, doing some brainstorming around this. So if your vision, I have this written down, so I'm going to look at my notes. Your vision is a detailed snapshot of the future of your business. Uh, I don't know if it was Scott Beebe or someone that said, um, vision with no implementation is just hallucination. So you can imagine things all you want, but then at some point you have to start implementing. So your vision might be, um, kind of where you're heading in this business, the big picture of this business and breaking, uh, breaking things down into the different, um, areas of this vision. So the, the the seven sections that he listed as part of this visioning process, I'll give them to you here if that's helpful for you. Um, the seven categories of vision, the one, uh, the first one would be term. So looking at maybe three to five years uh, and playing that out. And if you guys have listened or done the four quadrants exercise with me in some way, then this is, um, this is how we start to create some of that vision. The second is family and freedom. So the kind of life you want and how it fits in. The third is finances, um, making profit first and revenue last. The fourth is product and service in both current and future. So the current product or service you offer and the future product or service you offer. Five is the personnel. So who's going to service what? Six is the client. Who do you like or dislike working for? Who do you want to serve? Who do you want your team to serve? And seven, uh, the seventh category of your vision is your culture, right? What kind of company culture do you want to create both in terms of the way that your team interacts and organizes themselves the spirit of your company and also how you interface with the people that you serve. So that was pretty cool. And then he really pushed us to identify your mission. So your mission being um, what gets you out of bed in the morning, keeping it pretty simple. Um, my vision and on this side of my work, so beyond my clinical work and um, the vision of my group practice, my vision in, in this work that I do for therapists is, is, and has always been, helping therapists face the biggest question in, in their mind today, which is how am I going to get more clients? The, the transformation that I aim to, to help create in therapists is helping therapists become the business owner they always imagined. Um, so I'm getting, I'm getting more clear on that stuff, right? And it doesn't mean you have to stop or, um, you know what I mean, start from scratch, but I think you, you, you get as clear as you can in your vision um, and then proceed with, uh, with kind of what you have. So if I think about my mission, um, part of, at least part of my mission, it comes from this very early moment in my career and in my education where, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but I sat, I, I came in as a graduate student in my very first week and they had this panel of counselors come in and talk to us. This panel came in and they were like, um, you know, people who've been working in the community for a while, who were, had been out of the program for a while, et cetera. And they came in and they unanimously told everyone this, that you can't help people and make money. So if you're here to do that, you're in the wrong place. You should probably get out. That, that really stuck with me and still kind of sticks with me and in, inspires a lot of what I do to try to turn that on its head, turn that myth on its head. Cause I think it still persists. And so that is, that certainly is part of my mission. The other, the other layer, I guess, is um, 
I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but I don't necessarily love digital marketing. You know, that would be a big kind of admission for me to make. Um, I don't necessarily love it. I, I didn't go to school for it, but I've learned it enough. I've, I've learned it because of my mission. The other part of my mission is helping therapists get in front of the people who need their help the most. And by doing so, we help reduce human suffering. So my mission has always been to help people. And now my mission is to help therapists. And through doing that, help them help more clients. Does that make sense? So digital marketing just happens to be the way to do that. Digital marketing happens to be um, one of the biggest kind of pain points for therapists. And so that's where a lot of my time and attention uh, is focused. Um, and that's that's how Unconditional Media came to be, you know, all fitting into that mission. So it was great. I saw an email go out from one of my AdWords specialists, Eric, this morning to a client, and he was introducing himself to a new potential client. And at the end of his email, he said, um, he said, you know, ultimately we can't wait to serve you. We love helping you help more people. That's what we're all about. And I was like, yes, that is fantastic. I was so, it made me so happy that he got that and he put that part in there because I've worked hard to really um, implement that, that part of the vision into our company culture. So that was really cool to see. Uh, what else guys? Yeah. So you might think about that in your own business, spend some time unplugged, um, kind of brainstorming through some of this stuff. I think it would be really helpful to you. Um, if you hear background noises, there's always background noises in my show, huh? That's, that's just the the nature of it. Then that is either, um, my friend Eileen, whom I'm staying with. She's an incredible musician, EileenGrahamMusic.com. Check her out or go to YouTube, type in Eileen Graham. She's wonderful. We used to play music together for many years. So um, kind of Nora Jones, singer-songwriter um, kind of vibe, acoustic and piano. Um, she's really, really talented. I'm thinking, I was thinking about having one of her songs on here. Maybe I will for another episode if she'll do it and, and uh, not charge me royalties for it. <laughs> we'll see. Um, something really crazy happened yesterday slash today. Um, there's, I'm, I'm really into comedy podcasts. I talk about this a lot. And one of my very, very favorite podcasts is a guy named Theo Vaughn. His podcast is called this past weekend. And it's a, it's a comedy show and it's off the cuff. It's, um, but they also do listener questions and a lot of them are like kind of relationship or mental health related. They talk about addiction. They talk about all sorts of stuff and they put out a post yesterday. It was like, we want to feature a small business in one of our ad slots tomorrow. Let us know if you want to apply. And I applied for Charlotte Counseling and Wellness, my group practice, and I got it, which is insane. So the ad just aired this morning. If you go to this past weekend, check out the episode from today, uh, Monday, you will hear my business in the very beginning of the episode, which is insane. Um, they have nearly half a million downloads an episode, which is insane. So either my, my group practice is going to explode or... Um, I don't know what'll happen. Honestly, I created a a landing page quickly for it. I created some ad copy for it and sent it to him and then it aired. So my mind is kind of blown right now. And then he's coming to Charlotte this weekend to, um, to perform and I'm going to see him and I'll, I'll probably try to meet him. But, uh, that's wild, you know, it's just kind of a neat opportunity and, and the opportunity to get, to get that business in front of a lot of listeners. Um, both around the world, but then, um, particularly in, in Charlotte and the surrounding area. So that was really wild. I still don't know what to make of that, but it's really cool. So check that out. 
<clears throat> let's get into some questions, guys. Um, we'll keep this relatively short um, because I'm on the road because I'm going to go explore Nashville here in a few minutes. So we'll just get into some questions. All right. These are coming to us from Facebook. And again, if you haven't already, join the Facebook group and leave your questions there. We're going to be doing a lot more focusing on listener questions. Uh, thejohnclark.com forward slash FB group to join the Facebook group. That's just a, a link that'll take you to the Facebook group and you can join there and Laura will let you in if you're legit and if you're nice. Um, Natalie is asking, how do you convert ads or Facebook content into email lists? Okay, it's a good question. Um, and kind of two separate things, right? So you're, you're asking Facebook content or ads. Um, if you haven't already, go back and listen to the recent episode I did with Katie Keats May on Facebook ads. She's um, in my in our industry the queen of Facebook ads, as far as I'm concerned. Roughly, this is what you want to do. You want to take a Facebook ad and send that Facebook ad to a lead page or a landing page. Now, lead pages is a, is a landing page software. I know that's confu- confusing. The purpose of a, a landing page is just to get people to take one action. That's it. Right? So it's really centered around compelling people to take one action. On that lead page, you have what's called a lead magnet. So that's a type of content. It's a piece of your content that you're giving away for free in exchange for putting people on your email list. Now, you could um, take a piece of content, like a blog post or a video, and run a Facebook ad for it. But you want to make sure that you're actually sending some people somewhere where they can take some sort of action. So it's not, it's not necessarily helpful, guys, just to boost a post or boost a, um, a Facebook post that you have made or a blog post. Because there's no action to be taken, right? Or they might go and they might read the post and go, okay, cool, right on, and then close it out. So you've just paid for nothing virtually, especially if you're just running ads all over the place or all over the country or whatever, or running them to, uh, to the therapists who've liked your Facebook page, then um, you're going to be really frustrated with, with very little results um, if, if you go about it that way. So again, run your ads to a lead page where people can pick up a lead magnet. Now, best practice if you're doing this kind of stuff is to change your lead magnet every one to two months. You need to keep this thing fresh because you're going to have people that, that see your ad or see your um, your lead page multiple times and you want to entice them with different content. If you want to go even further with it, get a little more advanced with it, um, then you also want to split test different ads and different lead magnets to see what's going to work best and what's going to be the highest converting. If you want to be extra advanced with it, you would create a new lead magnet out of your content. So for instance, like if you have one post, one blog post or video or piece of content on five steps for more mindfulness today, then you would have a mindfulness lead magnet at the end of that or somewhere embedded in that content, right? So you would create a a, a special lead magnet for that piece of content versus like one lead magnet for the whole business or the whole website. On the other hand, if you did one on depression or five tips for dating, then you would create not only that piece of content, but a lead magnet to go with that content. Does that make sense? And now I'm dropping stuff. Um, So that's it. That's how I would do it, Natalie. I hope that helps. Let's go on to Rebecca. She is asking, what's the most important thing to work on if you're overwhelmed and starting from the ground up with zero clients? This is a great question. I love this. Um, learn, learn the business principles while you can. Okay. So read some, read some, um, 
read some really basic, boring stuff about business. Um, get clear and do go through this visioning process. So again, take these seven elements of your visioning process and go through them. Really get clear on what kind of business you're building before you get into it. Get clear on your mission. Why are you doing this, right? If you're if you were are to accomplish your mission, what is that from the beginning? And it can and will change. But again, your your mission and your vision is your roadmap. And it's also a filtering system as as Scott Beebe was saying, it's a filtering system for you to make decisions, right? So if you get really clear in your vision or for instance, for the work I do, if I have an opportunity or something that comes along or a speaking opportunity and I'm not sure if I should do it, well, I can run it through, kind of filter it through my mission vision. Is it going to help therapists help more people? Yes, then okay, probably do it if it's going to advance that mission. So I'd get clear on that stuff. I would learn branding essentials first. Um, learn basic branding uh, uh, concepts and ideas, um, strategy, and then I would uh, I would I would focus on marketing, right? So separating those out a bit, knowing the difference between branding and marketing. So getting a really clear brand, brand messaging, the visual identity of your brand, and then I would focus on marketing. So getting it out in front of more people, and then at some point when you start to put together the infrastructure of the business, you just want to have really great systems. So critical, critical as you scale and as you do more marketing, get better at marketing, you've got to have systems to, um, to successfully work with this new business that you've worked so hard to get in, in the door. Last thing I would say is just enjoy the process. I know this is a cliche and a lot of people will say it, but really there's a lot of anxious, overwhelmed business owners out there, especially starting out, but you only start out from scratch once. So enjoy that process, enjoy learning, just like you, when you became a therapist, that was a big and, you know, exciting and at times scary process. Becoming a business owner is like becoming a therapist all over again. You know, you're not going to know this stuff in the beginning. You're going to mess up. It's going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel, you know, dissonant about it, but it does get better. And eventually you'll look back on all the things you've learned and be like, wow, I can't believe I was there at that point. I can't believe I was new at one point. So um, that's what I would say. Uh, good luck, Rebecca. Let me know how it's going and, uh, and maybe reach back out with more questions um, once you get some traction. All right. <clears throat> Two more. Um, Jennifer, I know you, is asking, what marketing strategy would you use for a medium slash large practice with multiple locations, lots of specialties, and 10 plus therapists? Do you pick a few things to highlight or highlight our brand slogan and ideal client common points? Okay, so I'll try to answer this question. It's really it's really not a lot different than a small practice, okay? Um, the principles are really still the same. And if you go back and listen to the um, episode on the digital strategy roadmap that I recently did, that those principles apply no matter who you are, how big your practice is, how many locations you have, guys. You should you should be walking yourself through those steps and figuring out where you are in those steps, um, regardless of what kind of practice you have. But yes, you're on the right track thinking about your brand slogan. Your brand slogan, or as I call it, your tagline, is really the thesis of your brand and of your marketing collateral and messaging. Find the universal thread among the people that you serve, right? So if you serve children and teens and couples and uh, and adults, etc., you need to find a universal thread for those people, at least at the core of your brand, right? So if it's just helping people thrive at any stage of life, then go with that. 
and and keep in mind your brand slogan is just the start. It's just the start of um, the rest of your copy to come and the rest of your brand messaging. You can treat your different services pages like they are separate websites almost. So you can get into developing great copy or even taglines for your different services pages if you want to get fancy. You know, you could treat those like individual websites almost if you want to if you want to think of it that way. So, but yes, get clear on that stuff. Once you know that you've really got your um, your messaging and your branding locked in, then you focus on getting in front of people who are searching for a therapist right now. That's it. Guess where we do that, at least on this show. <laughs> That's Google. So you focus on uh, the second step in the digital strategy roadmap, crushing all three pillars of Google for all of your locations. So because you have multiple locations, you're going to have to do this for each one. And so this is going to include, so for one location, you need to have strong AdWords running. You need to be um, have a great Google My Business listing for that location, and you need to be ranking organically for that location. And you need to do all three of those things for every location, right? So rinse, wash, and repeat. And I think especially when you have multiple locations, AdWords becomes even more um, more important um, because it can be hard to rank in these different locations. Um, you're, you're just spread a little bit more thin and some, some of these locations have existed for longer. So they're naturally going to have, um, some, some better organic traffic to them. So, um, I think AdWords is a really important platform for you in particular, Jennifer. The other thing that I think is critical for you in that kind of size of practice, 10 plus therapists, multiple locations is your email marketing. If you aren't already, you got to focus on list building, creating a, a, a meaningful list and engaging that list as much as you can. Um, it's just very, very important for the, the size and stage of practice that you're in. Um, the last thing I'll say that's really optional for you would be um, leveraging some social media for brand recognition or doing some paid advertising on social media. I think that would be appropriate uh, for you with where you're at, assuming that you've done um, that you have that you've completed all the other steps in the roadmap um, first. So again, roadmap applies to you. It's just about volume. You know, it's about volume and about scalability of your systems and of your clinicians at this point. So, but again, the principles are the exact same. I hope that helps. Um, Priscilla is asking, and I like this question: How do I inject myself with motivation? A powerful little piece of language. How do I inject myself with motivation and confidence to start writing something? So, with any fear, and this is um, this is how I work with my clients. Let's identify what the fear is. So, if if you're having a hard time getting motivated and getting confident around writing, what is the fear? Put it on paper, right? So, so um, play this fear out a little bit. Maybe your fear is you um that you, what you're writing won't be good okay if and, and i would do it's called the downward arrow technique so if it's not good then what would that mean well that would mean that people would judge me okay and if people would judge you then what would that mean oh, it would mean they won't come to my business okay and if they don't come to your business what would that mean well it would mean that i wouldn't have any clients and what would that mean it would mean that i have no business what would that mean that i have to shut down something like that um for you, it might not be that that clear, or it might not go all the way down to, you know, if I don't get good at writing or get confident in writing, that um, that my business is going to shut down. It just might be that I'm uncomfortable with not being good at something, 
are good at something new. I think a lot of us avoid new things because we don't like um, things where we can't, we don't feel mastery right away. We feel incompetent. We feel new. We feel um, ultimately it's about ego, you know? So I would say play out your fear, name it, acknowledge it, put it on paper, imagine the worst that could happen and then imagine how you would deal with it. So that's the other thing is that if all these, if your fears did come true, how would you deal with it? All right. So you have an adaptive response to your fear. And then the next thing I would say, once you've done this, just start doing. That's really it, guys. It's really not any more. Um, it's not any trickier than that. You could look up some of the very old blog posts I used to do, or even at my old, my first practice in San Francisco. There's some really bad content out there, guys. There's some really bad episodes on this podcast um, back in the day. And a year from now, I'll, look back, I'll probably look back on this episode and think it's, it was bad or lacking in some way. That's just the nature of it. But done is better than perfect. So for all you guys you're, you're, who are getting in your own way, just stop. That's it. It's really not, it's really not more complicated than that. Don't, don't wait for that fear to go away. Don't wait for your belief system to change. Um, you change your belief system by starting to do it and, and, and kind of getting, getting over yourself. That's really it. You wonder how people are doing better than you or making more than you. Well, they just started doing. And while you were s- stuck in thinking and, and overthinking, they were outdoing. That's it. So for you, when it comes to writing, I would challenge you to write little and often. Uh, a friend of mine, when we were in graduate school, he was trying to become a better songwriter. And, and songwriters go through this. You, you've, you only write a song or finish a song if it's going to be great. And so you might spend a whole month on a song and it may or may, nev- may, or may not ever see the world. Um, that's a real shame. So in order to just get better at writing and work through his own mental stuff, guess what he did? He wrote a song a day for 30 days. Now, two thirds of those songs were really bad and I heard them (laughs) and he he knows it. He knows they weren't good. That's not the point. The point is he exercised that muscle of writing more, of getting over himself, of of, um, learning to uh, combat his perfectionism. And he, as he built that muscle of writing up over time, he worked, he not only worked through those mental blocks, he got better at writing. He improved his processes and, um, and ultimately did get a portion of great songs out of that. So for you, you just have to start doing whatever, you know, amount of content you're trying to write right now, write twice, twice the amount, double it and do it in half the amount of time. And I hope it has typos. I hope parts of it suck. I hope parts of it feel incomplete. That's how I want it to be because done is better than perfect. So I really, I really feel strongly about this one. And I hope, um, I hope you'll take this into consideration and for you guys, for anything that you're doing, quit overthinking. I hear, I hear all these people going, you know, um, trying to make a three minute vlog for my website and I, you know, spent five hours on it and restarted it 10 or 15 times. You're missing the point if you're doing that. You know, if every time I did a Facebook live, if it didn't go perfectly, I went, oh, I got to do that again. I got to delete it, blah, blah, blah. I would never create content. You know, I would never, this podcast would never get out there because I would just start and restart over and over again. And the more you uh, allow yourself to remain in that cycle, um, the more frustrated you feel, the more lost and, and ineffective you feel, and you feel discouraged and you're unlikely to really keep at it. So, um, that's it guys. Success builds on success and you've got to start small. So look for the layup. 
in your business before you start taking the three-point shots and evaluating yourself or beating yourself up for not hitting the three-point shots. Everyone can think about that after today in terms of what is your layup, hitting that first, hitting it again, getting yourself warmed up, and then slowly stepping back and taking that next, um, that longer shot, slightly longer shot, slightly longer shot until you're hitting three-point shots, until you're hitting half-court shots. This is a basketball analogy for those who didn't follow. That's it, guys. I hope this was helpful. Kind of sped through it, but again, just wanted to hop in, answer these questions, give you those updates, tell you about my wild um, podcast sponsorship opportunity for this past weekend. And uh, and that's it, guys. We'll have an interview episode coming out on Wednesday. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you come to Get Seen Summit with me in a couple weeks. We only have a handful of slots left. So if you can make it to Philadelphia, you want to become your own digital marketing consultant, come hang out with me in person and get control of this stuff once and for all. And make it happen. GetSeenSummit.com. And I'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for being here. Um, I'll see you soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to head to practicesoul.com forward slash John to apply to work with Jeremy and his amazing team. Also rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you're listening. And don't forget to grab your tickets to the Get Seen Summit at getseensummit.com. I'll see you in October in Philly. Bye.